In 1858, outside Boston, a bat and ball game was created, which came to be known as the Massachusetts game or town ball. It's not the New York game most people know, with a diamond field and three bases. Rather, in this game, there was only one out per inning. The infield was a square, and there wasn't even a foul territory. There were plenty of reasons why the New York game won out over the Massachusetts game as our national pastime. Most notably, the geometry of the New York game made it both aesthetically pleasing and playable. But the geometry of the Massachusetts game was awkward and off kilter. Many who have played both styles, however, recognize that there are some aspects of the 1858 game that make it preferable to the New York version. What if there was a game that had the geometric appeal and playability of the New York version and the unorthodox aspects of the popular Massachusetts game? 21st Century Town Ball is an attempt to be just that. With a couple tweaks added in 2012, like a physical strike zone, five total bases, stealing first base, and the ball always being live, the goal of 21st Century Town Ball has been, and always will be, to forestall the growing exodus from bat and ball. Let's bring people back to the game. Hi, this is Nathan Moore. Welcome to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. I'm your host today. Wait a minute, what are you doing? I thought Grink was the host of the podcast. What? No. He was going to let me be the host today. Pretty, pretty sure, Kermit. Did you double check with him? Yeah. He's yeah. He's not incapacitated in the closet or anything. I am definitely not incapacitated in the closet. Kermit, it's okay. It's just a joke. Oh my gosh, you guys. You must be brothers or something. That is true. Let's redo that one, Nathan. Hello, and welcome back to the 21st Century Town Ball podcast. I am your host, Graham Moore, and today I have none other than my own flesh and blood, my brother, mi hermano, Nathan Moore. Nathan, obviously, has been along for the ride with Town Ball for years, about uh, technically longer than me, actually. He introduced Town Ball to me. Nathan is the reason I even know about the game. He's pounding his thighs with his fists like he's excited and, and prideful over that. No, I'm just sore. <laughs> your, yeah, you got your tea. I got my tea. Yeah. The tea says, it's funny that I'm actually having tea because of the meme with Kermit drinking tea, but uh, Kermit's not here anymore. When did you first learn about Town Ball, Nathan, for the record? Well, for the record, okay, so we got to go back. Well, if we, if we honestly go back from our move from Salem to Newburgh, I tried Veritas and eventually just one day, I think my mom had like, I don't know, read something on Veritas's website or whatever. And she was like, Hey, you want to try this thing called town ball? And my first thought, I, I believe my first question to her, I was like, Oh, is that bowling? <laughs> like I, I had no idea what it was. I don't know if it was because maybe like town and country bowling alley or something. Somehow I was like, yeah, that's bowling. <laughs> I didn't even think of town ball. I think I'd seen it played in the first couple of days at school because I started at Veritas second or third week into the school year because I was first at C.S. Lewis. It was the first so, there. yeah, it was the first semester that Mr. Jones was at Veritas. And my first game was like, I asked about the rules and it was like, oh, no, just just play. We'll see what happens. And I was at the mercy of 
Lucian pitching at me with his bullet of an arm, and I got zoned on the first time. Didn't even swing, and that was like the end of the game. And they're like, "Oh yeah, just come back next time." Isn't that fun? I was like, "Yeah, sure." So, what am I doing here? Like, like this is great, but like I'm already into sports, but I don't know what this is. Like, this this is not a great start. You don't want people getting out like the first time. So, you mentioned that you had played sports before. Which which sports? basketball so that was always my my main drive that was my main sport my first dream was to be an nba player did you find any good role models in town ball at veritas any good role models i don't know if i ever thought about it that way because it was i never thought like i was just thinking earlier i I watched this comedic bit a bit on dry bar where uh, a guy was like, here's a good rule for if your thing, if what you're doing is a sport or just a recreational activity. He said, if you are the best in the world at your sport, if you have a world record, that's an activity. <laughs> that That is not a sport. I guess that's kind of true for any sport that's starting up. So for town ball, I feel like, you know, once you've got past like tournament games and pickup games and it's like, you've got a league going You've got a season or something, which we all, I mean, we had that at Veritas, which was pretty cool. Then that's like very much a solidified sport. So for me, it was like kind of felt like just an activity at first, a recreational thing that we could do at school, almost like PE, just 10 times better. So, yeah, and it was actually like competitive. That's the, that's the fun of the game. I mean, what do we say? It's, it's organized chaos. Everybody is older than me in town ball and all the adults were teachers. So that's kind of how I viewed them, I guess, as role models was how you might view like a teacher and uh, for Jones, for Mr. Jones, it was honestly like, I'd I'd never had a class with him, but he was honestly like one of my favorite teachers at Veritas, just because like the way he was with the students, you could, you could tell he was a good teacher and he was very personal with his students in that way. And he just knew how to interact with them in a way that they could, interested in the learning especially since compared to other schools the way he taught math and debate isn't exactly like the orthodox way of teaching in the united states and that makes it interesting like for me i'm always for the brainy stuff the like what's this new idea i mean some people say like women are more into people and then men are more into ideas i don't know if i wholly agree with that but in this in this case like Humble is the idea, like Jones has gone with that, and that's just what I like love about him. He's all in on it, and he knows how to get others involved. Like I think you told me a story about one time you were like at a bar, and he just asked a random guy, like, "Hey, like, do you want to play town ball?" Jones and I were uh, going to the Vintage Baseball Conference in Detroit, April 2022, and you that the night before the presentations, they all wanted to go have dinner at this uh, bar and grill place in downtown Detroit. And Jones and I are sitting in the back of the room and he sees these, what what appear to be kind of like frat guys, like from Michigan state or something playing pool. And it's exactly who they were. Um, and Jones just talked to them like, like they were on the grocery aisle with him, you know, like, Hey, you heard about town ball. And I'm like, Jones, Jones, we're never going to see them again. Like, but that's, he's, he's that kind of guy. Did you you played town ball indoors mostly before you played outdoors, right? What was that like? 
I mean, not exactly because I mean, school year started in like August and town ball started like immediately, I think at Veritas, like it was pretty quick. People caught on to it fairly quickly too, where you had decent numbers and then it just grew. So there were a decent amount of games outdoors that I played. They weren't particularly nice though, because fairly quickly the ground did get a little, a little moist. But uh, that field was awesome, though, because eventually the grass, there, there was a spot where the grass was not exactly cut. And so you could hide the ball right there. I think it was around, I don't know, second base. You could just drop the ball and y- you could look straight at it on the ground and nobody could see it. Only the, the baseman knew. So he could just pick it up like five minutes later and just be like, just peg the guy out. So, but indoors, indoors, I guess, was where I really played like a lot and i mean that that was just a whole different scenario one because the bases are shorter and two because you can throw the ball at somebody at any speed you want because you know it's going to hit a wall and bounce straight back to you so you could even use that to your advantage where you can fake peg somebody you can toss it and their initial reaction is oh he already threw it i can run when really you just toss it off the wall to yourself so you can peg him again so softball right yeah no we definitely played with a a softer ball Uh, honestly everybody so the if you have like a rectangular basketball court we started at half court and then went to a corner and then went to the other corner and then third to fourth was that really long sideline and fourth base was terrifying if lucian was pitching because not only can he throw the ball fast he's just dead accurate so he could just turn straight there and throw it knowing it's just going to bounce off the two walls in that corner straight to somebody and then you get it right back and you can throw it to home if you miss. So that that was kind of a fun thing because you could just snipe somebody from the other side of the gym and getting out. So would you say you like playing town ball indoors more or outdoors more? If I was gonna have somebody play it for the first time, I'd probably do outdoors, but indoors to me was harder. Honestly, like mentioning the NBA bubble, it's kind of similar in this way. During the NBA bubble, all the players had to stay in the same area, meaning they were not traveling and they they ne- didn't have a bunch of other distractions for them. And they were in the gym, the same gym every single day playing basketball. The, the amount of comfortability you get from that is insane. So you had people like Damian Lillard goring like 50 points, 40 points multiple times in those games because they were so like in tune with their own abilities. So for town ball, you're not affected by the weather, but it's just close quarters. So you know you can chuck it off the wall. Like it was so hard to get to first base. Like if you did not get a hit, like because we didn't have a catcher, so you could throw it as hard as you could at the wall. It was coming straight back to the pitcher. Everybody knew that. So there was never the ball rolls behind the catcher. You get an easy walk to first. Like that never happened. Getting to first base was honestly super hard. Because you had somebody at first base, the ball would bounce straight to somebody. So you had very minimal time. Now, you were only at Veritas for one year of school, but do you remember how long you were trying to get me to come and play before I actually came and played? I think I had mentioned it to you a few times. I don't know if I like ever was like, hey, like you definitely should come play this. I, I think it was just a cool idea that I talked about. But and honestly, I remember you didn't even remember this. This was your you remembered Shampooey as your first game, and you loved that. That was awesome. But the one indoor game that you had was two on two town ball, 
because I was waiting to be picked up by you and you came in and we're like, hey, I mean, three of us want to keep playing. You've never played before. You want to play two on two town ball? That was just fun. Like just because it was two on two, it, it was something where you would not even expect it to be interesting. And it was like, that's just what town ball is, is you might approach this thing and be like, okay, this is kind of weird. You can pig people. You can steal first. Like really stealing first just looks like it's really easy. Everybody's going to do it. Not necessarily like, especially indoors, like indoors, stealing first was hard. So that just made it all the more interesting because it was so unexpectedly like exciting. Yeah. And then we went to, I mean, you just referenced it. But we just went to an outdoor game that June of 2019 after you finished that school year. You might remember better than I do, again, getting me to that game with you. I think it was on a weekend. Maybe I didn't have anything going on and you were already going. You're like, hey, do you want to come with me? This was, do you think that's how it went? I think I know that I knew that was going to be my last game before we moved. So that was one reason. Also, I knew it was my last chance to like get you into it. And I was kind of like, I want to keep this connection to town ball. Like that's honestly like my connection. So if I got you interested, and I also, I also like you were never super into sports when you were little too. Like you, you played basketball, and as mom talked about it, you, you were you were the hugger on defense. Like you, you you would hug guys on on defense it was pretty much just a foul, but. Like that, that was kind of fun. And now you're like into jujitsu and like you can take me down and on the ground like right now. But uh, we're not going to do it on the episode, of course, but uh, to demonstrate. But yeah, so you're like you're more into that. So town ball, I also thought and you had done some ultimate frisbee, I guess that was that was about it. Like ultimate frisbee, biking, but actual sports with, with a ball or something kind of hand eye coordinated related like. You had never really gotten into that. So I thought that was my opportunity too to be like, hey, this is something I think you would enjoy and excel at. at that is a sport. And I thought that was honestly something that would help you kind of get out of your comfort zone a bit. The the irony though at Shampoo is I think we were arguing about directions on the way there. And you were like really upset because you had taken a wrong turn and we didn't know where we were go- where we were going. And then we finally got to Shampooey to the right part of the park and we, we got to playing. And I, I remember at least one time you just ended up like whacking one out of the park and you just laughed afterward because you had you were having such a good time. I was like, this is great. Like, this is something I can like Grant's going to stay with this in Oregon. Who knows what happens? Mm-hmm. Also, probably thought of it then, but you were somebody from George Fox who knew about town ball. I don't think I knew anybody else from George Fox. I could say before I moved, like, you should try this game and make it a club at George Fox. You're the only person I knew. So I was like, I need you to play this sport. So at least even if you're not the one who starts it at Fox, you introduce it to a friend who wants to start it at Fox. I mean, we we ended up having like college versus Veritas games. And I mean, the college club was pretty small when when I was there. Oh, wait, I'm trying to think because I, I haven't visited Oregon since, but there were a few college games we had at George Fox, I guess that summer. So you started it fairly quickly then. I don't know. Do you want to speak to that? Well, yeah, I mean, I played my first outdoor game that June and then that entire fall semester, I had one game every Sunday afternoon. Right. That entire fall semester somewhere on campus. So yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty quick turnaround from there. Because I, I do remember one or two games at like right next there was like a soccer field perhaps 
uh, it was in between place with the pools and like the rec center at Newburgh and then the baseball field for George Fox. So there's that field on the corner. I don't remember what streets those were. Yeah. And on the last one, we got some town balls from Chuck to bring to Michigan, I think, which was pretty cool. I think I also got his email, which I lost. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, but that, that was kind of a cool thing. Like, okay, we're, we're bringing this thing to Michigan now with us. We, we've got these town balls. So that kind of symbolized that it continued. The, the idea continued to spread, even though if it was kind of small, like I want to say the first game we had for George Fox might have only been like six people from Fox. So that was pretty small. But now, I mean, I think Tristan had a game a little while ago and he had a lot more than six people. Yeah. So even if it's taking time, like the sport is still growing, which is pretty cool to think about. What has been your like full length perspective on watching everything happen with Town Balls since you played it at Veritas until literally today when we're going to play a full scale game? at the campus of the college in our town uh, just how do I, how do i see like how it's progressed yeah or... you've, you've had a because i've seen it like the entire time since california i guess i, I never knew anything about fresno but i guess in yeah. veritas i've yeah like timeline wise just seeing it grow at Ver... for one like veritas grew really quickly like mr jones came here and i remember deborah telling me like they were moved in like two weeks before the school year started if I was in that position, I'd be like, I'm trying to get moved in and starting my new teaching job. Mr. Jones was like, yeah, I'm going to start this club and get like 15, 20 boys to start playing right away, which that's a huge percentage, honestly, of Veritas's population because Veritas was not a big school. I'm sure it's bigger now, but it was not a big school and it was mainly just the boys. So that that was a huge percentage of the boys who were just like, yeah, we, we want to go play this and just have a good time. And when I got there and I heard about it, it, I felt like I'd already missed the train of I'm learning it with everybody else at the same time. It was kind of like going to a dance and you're like, everybody knows how to dance except me. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, you kind of feel uncomfortable about it. So, and honestly, what broke that uncomfortability for me was getting zoned. Like the first time I was like, well, it can't get much worse than this. So, cause I, I guess I kind of had some pride for like, I'm an athlete and I play sports. And I'm good at the sports I play. I suck at this right now. <laughs> so, so yeah. So like it. That was just Veritas seeing it start. It was already big. It was already burgeoning. And we had our teams. I mean, right now I'm wearing my New York Giants jersey. We went undefeated. Yep. We had like Lucian pitching. Then we had Sam McChesney running the bases. So mm-hmm. that that was a pretty stacked team i don't I don't know if those teams were really balanced but plus we were in new york so i guess we were meant to win but <laughs> all hail the new york giants yeah that was just cool to get that league get that camaraderie it was almost like the houses that we had mm-hmm. in a way but you, you actually had teams you had a season and it was a great way to spend the time in oregon when the weather's kind of crappy and you don't necessarily go outdoors or it's just freezing so that made it really great to be there. Then you know, we've had the tournament games develop over the years in Fresno, getting more people involved, which has more like long-term commitment side to it. What you and Jones have done with the materials is kind of nuts in itself, just because like that that has been such a complicated process of what the ball is supposed to be, how hard it's supposed to be, how soft, so you can still you know get the 
the right crack, the the right kind of feel when you're holding the ball. It's not so hard, so you can still peg. Those are all very hard variables because they have to be so precise yeah. so that they all function together. Honestly, what I, I didn't know if we were ever going to get a perfect town ball. I thought we'd just have a, a few variations, and then people would have their preferences. Like one was going to be a lot softer, but not as fun to hit. Another was going to be more fun to hit, not fun to peg with. Yeah. Like mm. figuring out that balance was like impressive because you were also dealing with people overseas and trying to figure out the cost of things. And this is all while well, you're in college and Jones is teaching and he's got kids and a family. Like it, it was amazing how much you were able to do when it seemed like you guys were so busy elsewhere trying to handle other things, not to mention COVID. So yeah, not much has changed with the busy side of <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's still busy, but you guys have still gotten to work that out. And your your friendship is so cool. Honestly, just like you're a college student, you're my brother. I thought, hey, maybe you should try Tumble sometime. And now you and Jones are like great friends, business partners. business partners. And and now in Michigan, we've struggled a little bit with, with Hillsdale College just because we have to have students run the club in order to introduce it to students. That's tough. And Hillsdale College students are usually fairly busy and academically driven. So, but it's nice to kind of say like, hey, Hillsdale, you need like, you're wanting your students to be a little like healthier and more like get more exercise in because they're so academically driven you should use town ball <laughs> like and it's not a sport where you actually have to know a ton of rules be very fast be able to hit a ball be able to do anything that like town yeah. ball requires because literally if you can steal first and then somebody hits you around like you can still have a good time mm -hmm. you you can still have somebody who comes in and maybe that is the one thing that kind of breaks the glass on their ceiling of what they thought they could do and now they're able to go in and do other sports maybe somebody plays town ball and now they're willing to do intramural sports now they're doing like ultimate frisbee and other things where even if town ball ended up not being their thing it's a basis for people to be more comfortable and confident with themselves making them a better person overall yeah and making them more effective in whatever they're going to do like honestly like i was scared of go-karting for the longest time <laughs> and and the first time I drove a go-kart, it was not great either. I could not <laughs> turn it very well, but that made driving so much easier because I had already like broken my shell. Did some go-karting a couple times. All of a sudden, I loved that. And so then when my driving instructor, the first time I drove, he had to pick me up at my high school and drive me across town or to the other town next door to where we were having our driver's training. He was like, yeah, okay, you're going to drive to Hillsdale High School, even though we're at Jonesville High School right now. I was like, I've never been in a car like driving before. You're just giving me the wheel. This is kind of nuts. I would have freaked out if I'd probably never like driven another vehicle. Mm -hmm. So like a go-kart or something. So town ball is like that basis. And I think that's kind of what it is in the Midwest right now in Ohio and Michigan is you can just have people who've come and maybe like... They were the kids who never made the team, like JV, varsity, whatever. Maybe they were never athletic enough, had never played the sport for a long enough time. Tomball is something you can pick up, you can enjoy. And that's part of it too. Like with so many sports being so established, you have to have some history with it. Usually, unless you're like seven foot and you can hold a basketball well enough and put it in the hoop, then you're probably going to play. But say you're my height and you haven't played basketball before, you can't just go join the small, even the small town basketball team. Like right now, like for, for my JV team, we're probably going to cut quite a few kids before we didn't do cuts. Like now we're cutting quite a few kids for JV varsity. Like it, we have our teams, 
if you're not good enough, you're not playing. And in a small town, it's not like you got a rec league everywhere like you do in Oregon. And they usually, at least in Michigan, they say you have to go to school full time in order to play a sport. So that leaves a lot of kids out there where maybe part of their confidence, part of their health and well-being would and even just making friends, having a good time would be playing a sport, would be being athletic, especially for men who need to like do like <laughs> they bond over action and physical activity. Soundball is that for you it was like jujitsu mm-hmm. being able to have that fun community thing where even if you're not very good, people aren't going to, you're not going to have a coach come up to you and start ridiculing you and say, Hey, you have to spend multiple hours working on this. If you want to make this team, you can't do this thing. We're only going to let you do this. If you play on our team, this is your role, yeah. which roles are very important on teams. It's part of what makes teams great, but town ball, before you know it gets really big on a professional level or amateur level it's still that community recreational sport where it's not like baseball necessarily i, I don't like comparing town ball to baseball because i honestly think they're so different and that probably turns people off who already like have a bias toward baseball i guess in a way but and i, I think so i think it's really important not to compare them but in baseball like or, or softball like you have to be able to hit the ball otherwise you're not getting on base essentially like the only way to run is if you hit the ball or if you're able to get enough balls to maybe get a walk and even then that takes a bit of IQ to to know where the ball is going to be and have an awareness on that field but you don't have that awareness if you just already don't work that way in sports mm-hmm. if you don't already play a bunch of sports and so you can pick another one up easily or you've played that sport long enough and you know the rules and if you're also brand new to the sport and you don't know anybody, that can make you feel uncomfortable already. And town ball is just not that. It's friendly. And it's just awesome in that way. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. That, that, that pretty much covers it. We have a game that starts in 27 minutes. So we're going to go do that. But uh, any last words you want to say on town ball's behalf? On Town Ball's behalf, I don't know. <laughs> the laundry just buzzed. <laughs> it's, it's calling me away. No, I, I can't think of anything necessarily. Like the, the way it's growing right now is it has such a friendly atmosphere, but it's also, it, it has such a competitive atmosphere as well. Like you can be very competitive. And I think that's what people miss in sports. Even if you're athletic, even if you're not, or maybe, you know, you used to make teams, now you're out of college or out of high school and you're not. That's just a way for people to get involved. And the sport itself is just so creative and thinking outside of the box because there's so many more variables. It's more like basketball in that way. It's not like fixed. Here's the foul territory. Here's this. And I think that's what the world in general is going for. The two most like highest growing sports right now in my opinion like for the long term are soccer and basketball baseball people have said like oh you know it's boring it like it's not the same as it was it's not as appealing i've seen to younger kids i mean i work with younger kids i coach basketball i help teach fifth grade right now at my school so i mean i don't go to an elementary school but i i help teach i i help teach fifth grade at the elementary school these kids 
they they want to play football because the, you know they're guys they they, they want to be tough that that's just that's their thing they like that physical action basketball soccer those are how you see the field do you have that court vision and you you know make that pass i mean shooting a basketball is so much harder than trying to throw a football or even swing a bat like so th- those kind of more brainy side of things that that's what i love about basketball especially it's it's active it's a team environment you can still excel as an individual it's not necessarily cross country where it's more individualized but you just excel at multiple different levels it's not just one mm-hmm. and that's the same with town ball so that's also that also makes it more inclusive as a sport in general yeah and you never know when you're like ever at us we had the random perks of like subway cookies or pizza like from people that were just randomly donated mm-hmm. like you, you know you never know when you're gonna just have a nice time with people where you, you don't have those other restrictions in a way that like other sports and right now like veritas if it's at school it's like a community sport i mean i know i know i haven't talked a ton about like the sport specifically of what's great about it but just the fact that it's more inclusive in that way of different people different mindsets how creative you can be with the sport it's not restrictive that is going to be what makes it grow more than other sports or at least that's where other sports are not going to be able to meet it. They're not going to be able to catch up. So as long as town ball grows, you get more players and the, the skill level rises, the people with athletic abilities are going to come in and you know, play really well, of course. But those other factors are going to be what it makes, what makes it rise above other sports that just don't have that. Mm-hmm. Well, since the chapter of this podcast is called Town Ball in the Midwest, we have some town ball in the midwest it's going to start in like 20 minutes so we're going to go do that and now for part two of the podcast after we came back from the game well we just came back from the town ball game in hilltown and uh, we realized we just weren't we weren't done talking we had more to say so uh, where would you like to leave off from nathan do you want to ask me a question okay maybe that'll help um what was something you thought of since our conversation that you wanted to bring up that was not mentioned you talked a lot about your appreciation for the progression of the game what it was like at veritas um not very much about the actual mechanics of the game or elements of the game design that you like or how you as a player have taken advantage of certain aspects of the game maybe we can maybe we can start there i mean yeah that that's where i was talking about how like you can be creative in town ball where i was talking about like the hidden ball tricks i've definitely had my run-ins though with different things like when i learned that in town ball at its fullest not not, like we we haven't done this very often because it's not necessarily i think the best way to attract new players like it, this is more in a very like official town ball sense with players you played with for years is you can get tackled <laughs> i did not know this until at veritas at one point i was running from fourth to fifth base get the ball from mr jones so i could peg chuck before he got home and i'm right there chuck's running next to me full-on just tackles me and the ball goes past and i'm just getting up like what just happened like i'm on the ground i don't know what's going on chuck ends up getting a run and that's when i learned like you can actually tackle 
people in town ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not illegal. Um, but no one's done it because I don't think anyone's really seen it unless you have played. Unless you've been tackled. Unless you've been tackled. Unless you've played at Veritas, unless you've played on any of the Fresno teams. I don't even know if that many of the Newburgh Quakers have seen a tackle in a town ball game, to be honest. I've never seen it on my own team, the Hillsdale people, but I've never actually demonstrated it or had an opportunity to, to do it because that is more likely to happen when you're playing full 13 on 13. They're more likely to get the ball closer to you when you're running, when you have more defenders. So, um, But you have an interesting pitching strategy that yeah, you literally just used it at the game. Well, I, I feel like that was the first time I actually used that. Like I was really struggling with zoning somebody because I cannot get out of my head. Like if I want to pitch straight to the zone, my pitches are just always so hittable. That's the thing about town ball. That's what makes it a little more friendly to the batter is that if you want to get them out, you have to throw it where it is hittable, essentially. So sometimes, like for some runners today, I would try to throw on the inside, like right in front of their body. So they'd either jump out of the way or they'd just not be able to swing at it. So maybe I can graze the inside of the zone if they're standing like really close to it. Then you can just sweep in and graze the right side, which is really nice because I mean, they're usually batting on that side. But oftentimes, like there are some people that are able to just back up and they'll bunt it one way. Today, like when, when we were playing two on two, like, you know, bunting would be really annoying because there, there aren't very many fielders. But what, what I did instead was I always tried to pitch like right outside because if a batter is confident in them hitting the ball and they don't like they get kind of impatient because they're not getting something that's just an easy out of the park hit going to be able to whack it they'll go for some stuff that's a little out there so if you throw it just outside not necessarily of where they bat but if where they you have to reach their arms for it a little bit maybe but they're still thinking of a sw- a full swing not even like a bunt then that's a really easy way to just tip it t- tip it with the bat catch it in the air for the catcher that's one strike i got a lot of strikes with that state like i i don't think i've gotten so many strikeouts i got, i i maybe got one or two zones but multiple strikeouts just because I was pitching to the outside in various places or pitching a little high so it could get a little graze on the bat. And then for you, there's also the pace of the pitching. We were playing one-on-one-on-one-on-one, which we've never done before. Absolute fun because everybody's incentivized to get the runner out and you're just trying to get as many bases as you can in one sitting and then you add them up later. But what I I was going to bring up was... When I pitched to you and we were doing that, all you needed was two bases to win the game. You were you were at the very end of the batting order. Because what happened is I was throwing pitches just outside, like just above you, just below you on the, the right side or just a little outside on the left. It was just I was pitching straight to Nathan who who was catching because he he slid just to the right of the zone. So it was just out there that he was always gonna catch it, but you were very likely gonna swing at it. And so I wasn't even going for a zone. So I would just vary the pace of the pitches and where I was locating them. But then eventually I'd just throw into him. You'd swing at it. I'd get a strike. So eventually you're impatient. You just want to get a hit. And I throw you a low one and you hit it, but it's going to hit the ground. So then that's easy for me to pick up. That's a force. That's a third strike. So that basically keeps you from getting to two bases and you're just stuck at that one. So by by varying the pitches, then... The last one, if you just throw it a little low and they just want to hit, 
they know it's their third strike, they feel like they got to hit the ball and it hits the ground, then that's really easy to pick up and just get them out or at least limit how many bases that they end up getting in the end. That's kind of the mind game and the, the pacing of it as well, where if you get really good communication with the catcher, you don't even have to get a zone in town ball. Like you can just get three strikes quite a few times if you just are patient and you let the batter become impatient. Yes, you're really good at doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good example of how you can exploit different aspects of the game to help out without doing traditional like fast pitch down the middle. I can't hit it because it's super fast type stuff mm-hmm. like Lucian, for example. Yeah. Um, but you know how to get in the mind of the batter and aim for different spots to make them think, oh, maybe I, ah, if I reach a little further that time, maybe I can get it. Like in the, with you, when I pitch to you, you're expecting me to throw it at the zone because you think that's the only way you can get me out. So when the batter's expecting that, but you throw it just near the zone, you just think I'm missing. So you're going to swing at it anyways, though, especially if there are more fielders and you're just content with getting on first or second base. Like today, you really wanted to whack it so you could get as many bases as possible because the person with the most amount of bases won. But if you, in a normal game, if I pitch right next to the zone, you're like, okay, I don't know if I want to hit that, but you swing just a little bit, Patrick gets it, that's a strike. That adds up pretty quickly if you just keep that same mentality. And then at one point, they're like, the batter might be, oh, okay, he's not really trying to zone me. And then that's where I can go through the zone because it's not being expected. The fact that we wonder about these things is just showing how much freedom there is in the game. So uh, we recently came up with a what we're calling the Town Ball Creed. It's five points. Freedom, teamwork, sportsmanship, history, and shoot. What's the fifth one? It's the creed. You got to know it. I know. Freedom, teamwork, sportsmanship. Dang it. It'll come to me later. But yeah, I mean, freedom is the number one word that has come up the most from players on and off the podcast about what it feels like to play this game more than any other sport. How do you want to comment on that? I mean, yeah, just... But mainly in the strategic sense is why that's fun. Strategy. That's the oh, strategy. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think freedom and strategy then uh, they, they go hand in hand because it's more like the, the rules are not so restrictive, so limiting that it's this is the obvious way you have to play. So then everybody knows that. And so it's very predictable. Now you just have to do that really well. Like softball, like baseball, you have to be able to hit the ball. Everybody knows that. Town ball, you add other variables into it, and now the pitcher has to think about more. Now the catcher has to think about it more. Now the runner has more options, or maybe he gets distracted and he gets zoned. He steps off the base or something, there's a hidden ball trick, and then he gets pegged. There's all sorts of stuff that can happen in the strategy of the game that's like, how much, not so much how can I bend the rules, but how much freedom do I have in the rules? How, how can I push to the limit? So I can get the greatest advantage for my team. Yeah. And that allows for creativity in how you do that. And obvi- I mean, obviously there are limits like, are you allowed to put the ball in your shirt or your pocket? Probably, probably not. But can you hide it in the grass? Totally. Like that, that's going to definitely vary. But there are so many different ways you can get an out in that sense so that everybody is doing something differently 
and you're able to play the game your way and the way you think about it. And so in that way, it's individual, but as a team, you end up succeeding. Episode by episode so far in the podcast, we've done five episodes on the history of Town Ball in Fresno. We've done five episodes on the Newberg Gears, which you would have been a part of in the beginning with Tristan and Lucian, the New York Giants, the Boston Bean Eaters, the Louisville Grays. And then now you've, you've seen more Town Ball in, Hills, in Hillsdale or just Midwest Town Ball more than Veritas at this point, right? What have you seen? Yeah, I mean, I guess because I only had Veritas for a year. And then here, it's definitely been more. I think I've played more games here now because the games were a lot more spread out here. Well, it's amazing, especially the, the vintage baseball part is, is cool here because especially Greenfield Village, which is up near the Detroit area. It's like Disneyland, but antiques. You have Thomas Edison's house and a bunch of other cool things. But they also have a vintage baseball field that vintage teams from all over the place. I mean, they're much more prevalent here in the Midwest. Those guys, they they miss what baseball was and they they play the older versions, hence vintage baseball. And I think they just enjoyed playing with us. Like we can take a trip down to Indianapolis and play like four teams from Indiana and we play their game. They play ours. We, We both just have a good time. And so that's been a lot more enjoyable. I definitely miss playing with a lot of kids from Veritas that are like my my age, uh, you know, very competitive, probably a lot of like a lot faster anyways. It's a faster pace, um, di- different pitching. But here it's just, I mean, at this point, it's a, it's a bunch of starter uh, startup businesses essentially for Town Ball. We're just planting them all over the place. So if somebody walks by while we're playing, we're like, hey, do you want to play? Like, even if you're a frat guy, <laughs> like from Michigan State, you never know. They might be willing to drive all the way like and play. I mean, we've had people from South Bend drive all the way over to, to Indianapolis just to play a game of town ball. And these vintage teams, they've driven hours from Cincinnati. People are willing to like drive multiple hours for this. And that's, I, I think that's just a testimony to how much like people like the game and it's just a very inclusive environment in that sense it's been kind of slow starting up here especially at hillsdale college but i think the more we just get people just from the side hey you know like you if you're not walking anywhere if you're not going to class play town ball like you don't need to be anywhere play town ball yeah um when i did my episode with tristan and i asked him if there's any piece of advice you'd give anybody and he just said play the game Go play the game. Go do it. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's been a struggle to to get any kind of critical mass out here just because for the first year or so, I really only did stuff with the college, but then I, you, Jacob, mom, were all like, you need to market this to the locals because they're the ones that are actually here during the summer. So I started a local team called the Hillsdale People Town Ball Club. Uh, technically, you're on the team. <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you have a jersey. Whenever we played vintage baseball clubs, we have played as the Hillsdale people. We haven't played as any other entity. And a uh, shout out to Marcy Horton from church for making all of our jerseys. They look great. But um, yeah, we're looking to do more stuff with my friend Alex from Cincinnati, my friend Mason from Fort Wayne. Mason was on the podcast before. Alex is going to be on pretty soon here. It's it's taken time, but it, 
it, it's it's been progressing. It has. Uh, we've, we've gotten more serious individuals now than we did a year, year and a half ago. I am very thankful for my friend Melissa Harris in in town who has allowed me to play games in conjunction with her food cart festivals. We did that in June. We're doing it again in October. So, yeah, any anybody who lives in Hillsdale and is marketing and advertising, I would love to talk to you. Yeah. So I can only do so many things. Yeah, well, I think there there are two things going on. One is you have a decent, like I, I think I mentioned earlier, you have to go to a school to play a sport. And there are kids that don't make right. those. There are kids that don't make those teams. And there are kids that are homeschooled and there are no rec leagues, really. Or you got to go 40 minutes to go play on an AAU team somewhere. We have the well. So, now, yeah. And now there's the well, which is essentially just a recreational center that's not very big. And you got to pay a membership to be there, and you can't really play town ball in there in the first place because it's a gym, and my sacred basketball court cannot be touched by such things. <laughs> Grant might Grant might disagree with that, but I, I like my floors clean and grippy. But um, that is a demographic that I think is really important to hit on. Those are really the people that have showed up consistently for town ball and enjoy it. The other thing, though, is you have kind of two fronts. For Tomball, one is the local front through paper, through in-person, word of mouth, and the other is the sh- social media front. But the two haven't necessarily been combined as much. Like people are on social media, and that's how they find things out, especially around here for local information. So if you keep using like the newspaper or Instagram advertising things, Facebook. Facebook Go heck, go to the Hillsdale County Fair. You know, make make a batch of cookies. Go to the farmers market, sell some cookies, and say, "Here's a town ball flyer." Yeah, like that's the way people are around here. This isn't necessarily Portland, Fresno, more populated. It the the way information spreads is just different. Slow. And, and yeah, and and it's kind of slower too. It's eight thousand. So. Like between Jonesville and Hillsdale, you might get eight to ten thousand people total, like you're just saying. But I think it's important getting that social media side of things up. Like not necessarily go to this website and scroll for multiple minutes. I honestly don't think kids of my generation are going to be like, I wanna like my first impression was it's bowling. It's it wasn't bowling. So whatever your first impression is, I don't think kids are necessarily gonna be like I'm going to go scroll on the website. I think they're going to want to see something short, like a summary of what it is that looks interesting. And it's on Instagram. It's a TikTok short, YouTube short, something like that, that briefly like compacts a lot of information into a short period of time. Like that's just where social media has gone. Right. Yes. So if someone else can do that, call me. <laughs> I'm too busy doing everything else. So we we know that that's what we've needed for a long time, and we we're just very much a skeleton crew. We've only been playing games. We've been doing the 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 essentials, getting out in the field, letting people see it, and playing wherever we are. So there's been a lot of progress in the last two years, let alone the last four. But you know we're 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 also we're also coming to the end of the calendar year. In two months, we're not going to be playing out tumble outside anymore. So indoor town ball, indoor town ball yeah. will come back. I, I need to talk to my friend at St. Paul's and see if we can get that bet going again. But um, yeah, the winter 
going into the spring of 2024 is a time that I really want to be very structured and deliberate and just plan the heck out of how exactly we are going to do campaigns with goals of of how to attract more eyeballs onto what we're doing. I that that's what we need in 2024. Yeah, basically like how can you cast the widest net possible? Yeah. Yeah, so we're we're in like this 50-50 spot right now where we know this thing we have in our hands is like explosive, but we need more matches. Like we know it's dynamite, we just need better ignition to get the fuse going. Part of the thing with Town Ball is you're already excited about it. How do you make others excited about Town Ball? Sometimes going straight up saying, oh yeah, like this is it. And you expect them to be excited about it because you are. The the assumption might be there that they're automatically going to be interested because it's just such a great thing. But you kind of have to appeal to their interests. Not every single person is different. So you have to see, you got to test the waters a little bit and say, okay, well, what what is this demographic in this area that I'm reaching? What is the biggest demographic that I can draw from? Yeah. Well, these were our after game thoughts, our bonus thoughts. We have more games coming up, and through October, we will hopefully do indoors in the winter. Obviously, as always, Nathan, thank you so much for your contributions, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. If you want to learn more about the sport, you can visit our website at 21ctownball.com or look at our content on Instagram under the page at 21ctownball. If you're interested in playing the game or creating your own town ball team, you can DM us on social media or email us directly at 21ctownball at gmail.com and we would be happy to start a conversation with you. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and this is the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. Is there a ball in your town?